Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. So I have the tip of the day for anyone that wants one. When your pastor tells you that you should verify that your keynote slides are backward compatible with the ones on their system, you should, and you should do that in advance. He's, a, he's an organized guy. He has you prepare. And you should do that in advance, preferably a couple days, or at least give yourself some time. I would follow that instruction. As James and Skippy and Andrew know, uh, this is a fire drill for me this morning. And I want to say apologize. I, 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 my multitasking is completely shot this morning. So I was so focused on trying to recreate my slides that I, I heard somebody say that like, a couple times, Steve, 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 and I, I don't know. I don't know what you said. But anyways, apologize for that. I was I in the midst of firefighting mode. So I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hands, but I suspect there's probably some people here who forgot or didn't know it was Father's Day today. Uh, we got to raise his hand over there. They forgot. Uh, so I, you know, there's that verse in, in uh, Romans that talks about some people hold one day above another, and some people hold all, day, all days the same, right? They can basically treat all days the same. I'm, I'm one of those latter guys. I kind of treat all days the same. I'm not really a big holiday person. And uh, remember, that verse is kind of meant to, we're supposed to coexist. So, you know, be, be go easy on me if you're not that way. Um, I mean, just to show kind of how bad it is, give a couple examples. I walked in this morning. I'm preaching the Father's Day message, right? I walk in this morning. I say hello to Chris Perusis, and Tina is just staring at me. Aren't you going to say Happy Father's Day? I mean, I, I literally had already just forgotten it was Father's Day. I once drove into the office, and I got into the office. It was when I was commuting 62 miles one way. Got into the office. I drive into the parking lot, totally empty. I'm like, what happened? It was President's Day, and I had no idea. <laughs> So I went home, we celebrated Millard Fillmore, our 13th president, and it was all, it was all good. All right. So <clears throat> this year, though, I really had a lot of reminders. I was really, really kind of touched. Uh, I just so many wish happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy Father's Day wishes. And so I was kind of going back through my email to see all of, them, all of them were. And so I went, and one day, this is just a partial list of all the people that cared out. I was really touched and overwhelmed. I got messages from IHOP, Redbox, Craftsman Club. <laughs> Sirius XM, Disney, Wallbuilders, Guitar Center. Now, Dunkin' Donuts, they're really a personal friend of mine. <laughs> they know my drink in many of the locations. I really expected a gift, but none was forthcoming. <laughs> this one I thought was odd, Zales. I think I'm a little too old to be looking for my own nose ring, but Open Table, Godiva Chocolate, oh, Price Chopper. This is just a portion of them, right? Now, these two are always at odds with each other, and I have to kind of get between them. One's always trying to take something from me, and one's always trying to give me something. That's South Beach Diet people and the Cold Stone Creamy people. So they, <laughs> they both gave me offerings. So. Now, the big Y one was interesting. It said, picture dad enjoying seafood on a Father's Day. And I pictured a dad that had an allergy to seafood, and it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty picture. It was pretty bad. So I just want to say, I understand the value of special days. I, I don't want to dismiss that. If you're one of those special day people, if you get into Halloween, you like those awful peep things that we do on, that people have on Easter and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then there's obviously good reasons to celebrate roles and, and sacrifices. And those, those are those all very valuable things. I don't want to dismiss the value in special days. It's just not, you know, it's just not one of my things. I'm really kind of a, every day is the same kind of person. And if you're like that, you understand. If you're not like that, then you don't understand. So just, just bear with us. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about one of the pitfalls of special days, this concept of special days. And that is that we can, we can really focus our attention and effort on those special days. And a great example of that, and I have no idea where we're on the slides. Oh, good. We're right where we should be. Thank you, Andrew. Somebody's got us on track here. 
Um, one of those examples of, of special days that can kind of get to be a distraction, and you know, is, is, is Easter and Christmas. And this is the reason why, because uh, they become high holidays. And they have for some people. It's literally people who profess the name of Christ will sometimes only go to church and fellowship with other Christians or come in contact with the Word on those two days. And I saw a church that really summarizes well with one of their signs. Give us that sign. I don't know if you can... There we go. <laughs> now open between Easter and Christmas. Right? So they encapsulated that, right? For our Christian walk, though, um, you know, God wants us to be, uh, as fathers, as Christians, uh, He wants us to have a daily focus uh, in what it means to be a father, and what it means to be a Christian. And so I just will say one thing today. I am going to I try to get in the spirit. I've been working on this. I've, I tried a lot of different things to do this, and most of them I had on the slides were kind of goofy, so I threw them off. But um, I'm trying to get into the whole thing of the fathers, and I will speak to fathers and give some challenges to fathers, but these are all things that apply to all of us, so don't feel left out. And this, the slide we salvaged at the end will, will uh, encapsulate that, so if you, if you get lost, hopefully you won't. Um, so in our passage today, uh, what I want to emphasize really is seizing the opportunity we have each day right, to uh, look to see what we can do as fathers and as Christians uh, to be what God wants us to be. And so I've kind of encapsulated that into that Roman, uh, that Latin phrase, carpe diem. Carpe diem dads is what I called it. So if anybody doesn't know what carpe diem means, uh, it's a Latin phrase. It means literally pluck the day, but it's often ter- interpreted seize the day or seize an opportunity. It's been around for a long time, so it's used in a number of different ways. Some are positive, some are negative. The way I'm going to use it, though, has to do with seizing an opportunity you have for a given day with an eye on you know, being beneficial for the future. So it's a very positive concept, and so I'm going to call it Carpe Diem Dad. So I hope that none of you find that uh, off-putting. But that's, that's the title I've given it, and that's what I want us to be is Carpe Diem Dads, and by extension, Carpe Diem Christians. Okay? Uh, so we're, here's going to go. We're going to go into our passage in Scripture. It's, um, it's, we're continuing our series on Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's on page 1,115. So if you can turn there, I'm going to read those verses. It's Matthew 5, 17 through 20. This is the third week. I've actually missed both the first two, so I'm sure they've been very good. First two messages on the Sermon on the Mount, and this is number three. So starting in verse 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is accomplished. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So a couple of key words to to, uh, just kind of touch on real quick. Uh, Destroy has that idea of of annul or nullify or do away with. And, you know, Christ was clearly saying that when he came, he was not doing away with with God's commandments in, uh, in, in the Old Testament, those uh, things that we had commanded to do, the principles that were there for us to follow. It talks about the law of the prophets, so that's generally referred to what we consider the Old Testament, so the law, the first five books of the Old Testament, and then the history and the poetry and, and prophets that are the remaining book. So it's part of that Old Testament. And then if anybody's not familiar with that, when it talks about one jot, that's the smallest letter of the Hebrew uh, alphabet, and one tittle is the, the stroke that goes above a Hebrew letter, which distinguishes it 
in meaning and, and sound from some of the other uh, letters that have the same construct. So it's just, it's really kind of pointing out very, very um, small, minute differences and, and making sure that those things were all, God put them there for our good and for his glory, and Christ was not coming to, to do away with those things by any stretch of the imagination. All right, so uh, many of the heroes at the time really longed for uh, a Messiah that was going to be a political Messiah. They wanted someone who was going to you know, do away with the Romans. They really weren't necessarily interested in the law. Uh, some of them wanted to justify themselves in terms of uh, you know, maybe taking on a new set of, of uh, commandments and they could do away with the things that they were uncomfortable with or found difficulties in, in following. So there was a, an audience there that was looking to read into Scripture instead of pull out of Scripture. And they wanted to read into Christ what they wanted to get out of it instead of really having Christ speak to them and, and really come and fulfill uh, the command that, that had been laid forth in the, uh, in the Old Testament. <coughs> so and I think it's the same way we certainly can... Um, we can do that. And I did, I did skip over my, my point, my challenge. Go ahead to the next slide if you could. All right, so my first challenge here for dads uh, is carpe diem dads don't, don't rationalize uh, away God's instruction. All right, so this is talking about, as I'm saying, we can tend to justify ourselves and put away the things that we struggle with or don't, you know, don't disagree with or don't really understand very well. <clears throat> we can kind of rationalize away the, the God's commands and uh, kind of go our own way. Uh, it's, it's very clear that God's law persists uh, through, uh, through time and through the end of time. There's a comparative structure here. There's some things that are lesser and there's things that are greater. And the, the, the lesson here really is that we kind of put apart the lesser things of the law, the things that, that we struggle with, that we don't necessarily uh, want to follow. We put away at our own peril, uh, even those things that are lesser. And, um, and how much more so the greater, the weightier things of the law uh, are important for us to follow. This is like a good cup of tea. Excuse me. I'm going to put it up here because I know I'll knock it off. All right. Uh, so we can kind of gloss over uh, those lesser commandments. And also as fathers, we need to be very careful about justifying our actions. And we have to remember that we have our children watching us, right? So, I mean, we're not perfect, right? And we have to acknowledge that to our kids too, and, and we have to work through that. But we have to recognize that as we're going through our lives, we have children, we have other people watching us. Uh, and you know, there's something about um, the things we do, those little things we do, that I would really like to see if we could have an immediate impact. Sometimes little things we do have an immediate impact and we see it, and that kind of is very instructive. Um, so one, I had this one thing, it's a long time ago, it was when I was in college, um, and it was, we had a, a meal plan where you purchased a certain amount of food. And then... You, as you went through the, the course of your week, you, they would decrement the amount of food that you spent. And they would literally charge you for all kinds of things, including pads of butter. So a pad of butter would be whatever, one or two cents. I mean, this was a long time ago, so um, one or two cents. And there was a guy who was in the school, very bright, you know, 4.0 student. Um, I don't get even saying that right. Whatever the, the loudy thing is that they get when, they, when they're that big. What's that? Summa cum laude, thank you. So he was really up there. He was very well regarded and thought highly of. And there was a company that specifically came to campus uh, to recruit him and to try to get the, him to work for their company because he, you know, he was just that well-regarded. And so they came and they went to lunch with him. And what he did was something he'd done many, many times without really thinking is he got his butter and he put it on his tray and then he kind of took his fingers and he kind of ticked it so that it slid under the plate, right? So it was hidden. And then, so as he went through the register... I mean, gonna, this is one or two cents, right? Now, he's a college student, might have been hard up, but still. Um, so he, he went through that, and he just did what he'd always done. And 
he, he got that one or two cents off his, off his meal and he went through the register. Well, the people that were with him, they saw that. And they said to him, you know, we're really looking for, we're going to give you a lot of responsibility. We're looking for somebody this is a position that's a lot of responsibility, uh, potentially a lot of funding involved. There's a lot of things going on. If you, we can't be, you can't be trusted with these, this little, small, little piece of butter to, to pay for that fairly, then, you know, how can we trust you? And that position was gone, right? And that, but most of the times we have these little things. So the math, the math major me, I did this. I, I don't know if I'll be able to communicate this. I, I was going to get a picture, but I didn't have time. But, you know, if you go take a picture of a circle, if you take one degree of a circle, and you, you're off by one degree, and you start walking through, by the time you get to the back of the room, you'll be off about a foot and a half. By the time you get to Springfield, you'll be off maybe a couple miles. By the time you get to the West Coast, you'll be off 20, 40, you know, almost 100 miles. So these small things matter, and, and we've got to remember that they impact our lives and the walk around us. One more kind of story along these lines. I, was, I had to commute this long distance, like I said, 62 miles at one point. And each day I would drive this one way. And I think you know everybody that drives a lot and commutes the same way, you know your mind kind of goes into neutral and you just go drive. And so I come to this one, inter this one intersection, there's a stop sign. And I look to the left, I can see, I don't know, a good half mile, maybe to a mile, all the way down. So I know whether there's any cars coming. And so what I found myself doing is I treated that stop sign as a yield. <laughs> yield, 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 right? So I would just come, look, zoom, off I went. Now, it's only two miles from my house, but even after two miles, my mind's already off, thinking about work or whatever, all these things, I'm not paying any attention. So one morning, actually it was the day, this is, this is a true story, I, tell, I, I kid you not. The day after I told my wife how, how happy I was that I hadn't gotten a ticket in, in many years. <laughs> and that's, that's a true story. So the next morning I get up, and I'm two miles down, already totally immersed in thinking about work. I have a police car behind me. On the other side of the intersection is a state trooper. I come to the intersection and I do exactly what I've always done. I blew right through the stop sign. These guys were amazed. <laughs> They're like, how could you do that? This is craziness. I mean, the guy behind me, sure, I didn't see the, I mean, he was right in front of me. It was just, you know, anyway, so I was totally focused on, on you know, just, I I'd made that muscle memory, and I just kept doing that, and so these are little things, uh, and, but, but still, it's important for us to remember there's, there's bigger principles, like we'll, we'll talk about, well, whoever's preaching next week, I like the generic introduction Dave gave, I don't know who's preaching next week either, so I can't say that either, but whoever's preaching next week, it's Dave, actually, now that I think about it. Um, they've got the whole idea of, you know, if people who commit murder, and then Christ says, well, you, if you say you don't commit murder, but you have, un, you have anger towards somebody, right? So we, we tend to uh, look at these bigger things and avoid the, the lower, lesser repercussions or the things that lead to those bigger things, and we tend to kind of ignore. So uh, when we talk about not rationalizing God's instruction, I think one of the, the ways that we can, we can kind of get ourselves into trouble is by replacing God's standard with our own standard. And that's really a common thing. I mean, if you, if you look at it, I mean, I know that I had a coworker I had who really struggled with the concept of, of grace and the concept that uh, we, we could uh, be saved, have, a, have that saving grace of Christ, and then we could sin and God would forgive us. And then her thought process was we could just you know, keep sinning and, and grace, would, grace would abound, right? And tried to explain to her that you know, that really wasn't how it worked, but she you know, had this mindset of, of her own standard. Right? She had some standard that she had set 
that was righteousness, and she was trying to achieve that standard. She was very sincere about it, but she had her own standard. And there's some ways I think we can do that ourselves. We can kind of set our own standard. And as fathers, that becomes problematic when we're trying to raise our children and point them to Christ, because all of a sudden we've become the standard instead of, instead of God's word and instead of what God commands us to do. And so I think a couple ways that this can kind of creep in on us, and I think we're all different, and you probably can think of some on your own if you, if you put your mind to it, but two of the came, that came to my mind, uh, one is you know, our past, kind of what, you know, how we lived our life, the things we did when we were young, when we were our, you know, when we were our, our children's age. You know, some of the times those things can become what we, how we judge and the, the bar we set for our own children. And I have this thing I, I repeat to my wife probably more times than she wants to hear, but um, you know, when I get in these situations, I say, you know, what, what I did or didn't do or what I could or I couldn't do, this is not, has no relation to you know, raising my children. It just doesn't. It's, I, I've got to put those things, we've got to put those things behind us. They can't be things that we pull up and, because uh, sometimes we can justify their behavior um, and overlook it because, hey, that's what we did when we were kids. Uh, sometimes we can give things to our children that they shouldn't, be get, they shouldn't get because we didn't get them as children. Those are all the things that you know, we really have to try to avoid in terms of leading our children and being an example for them. And it can be difficult. Right? The second thing I think that where we can replace God's standard with our own is in our culture. So, um, again, our culture, you know, things, I, I don't want to repeat the message I did last summer, but this idea of, you know, we kind of things become common. And we then start to think they're normal. And so, you know, things like you know, rebellion in our children, there's obviously rebellion, right? That's happened since the beginning of time. But our culture really kind of takes it to a couple levels more than that, that it's expected. We can do nothing about it. That, you know, there's really, it's almost prized and valued. Right? And we can't do that, right, as parents. We really need to work at, at, at um, you know, leading and guiding in children when, when they're getting off track, you know, gently you know, pushing them in the right direction and continue to work with them if they go off and they do rebel. And uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing, but we've really got to set the standard high in terms of what God has called us to do as parents and as Christians and really point our children to that. And sometimes our past and, and our culture can kind of help uh, distract uh, from, from guiding and, and directing our children that way. So I just want to say, you know, fathers, we need to be careful about, you know, taking light the, the parts of the law that we don't uh, favor, we don't particularly, um, you, know, are, are, you know, kind of find weaknesses, right? We can, we can uh, just find it stru- you know, stru- uh, stressful or frustrating if we, we know what God calls us to, right? And that difference between, you know, where we can... Um, you know, seek to follow God's commandment. Yeah, yeah, but that's where grace is, right? And we've got to remember and keep in mind that God's grace is there. And, you know, we're not, uh, it's not by works that we're saved, it's by grace that we're saved. And so we've got to recognize that, that grace that God provides. But the alternative is to say, I can't attain to God's standard, so I'm going to lower it and pull it down, right? Or even below it below uh, my behavioral level so that I can feel good about myself and know that I'm, I'm righteous, or really that becomes self-righteous, right? All right, so uh, holding to high standards is not uh, only important for fathers, for all of us. Uh, the next, uh, problem, next challenge I want to give to fathers here is that carpe diem dads are called to do what's right, especially when it's hard. So if anybody went to the men's conference a couple weeks ago, talked about men going in, you know, charging into the chaos, right? Uh, those things are hard. And as fathers, we need to act, we need to illustrate, we need to demonstrate uh, for our children. There's so many small opportunities each day, right, that we have 
to take advantage of. And that's where that kind of that sees the day, sees the opportunity. There's so many opportunities we have as fathers to pour our lives into our children and to those around us. And doing is, doing is very important. Uh, there was a quote from Matthew Henry I really love. Um, see if I can get it right. I sh- probably should have reworded it because the English was a little bit awkward for me. But remember that when we teach, but do not do, we tear down with one hand what we build with the other. So whenever we aren't doing what we want to teach our children, we're really, on the, in the one hand, we're teaching them and trying to build this, this whole this structure up to, to support them and encourage them. And on the other hand, we ourselves are then turning around and tearing it right down. So I had a couple of statements here that hopefully won't belabor the point, but will illustrate it. I'm so tempted to put that up there. All right. If we want to teach our children to love, we need to first love others, and we love, need to love them. They need to see that we love them. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this part didn't have, I didn't promise the part before. <laughs> if we want to teach our children to forgive, we need to forgive them and others. We want to teach our children how to handle failure. We need to pick ourselves up and continue on and encourage others and them to do so. <laughs> ah, I can't get through one of these things without crime. My goodness, it's terrible. If you want to, uh, yeah, no. Dave says, welcome to the club. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we want to teach our children how to respond to those, those that spew hate at us, show love back at those that do that in return. We want to teach our children how to respond when we do wrong, admit our faults, including to them, which can be hard to say you're, ch- you're sorry to your children. Um, I did have to do that one time. I'm sure Josh remembers this. He, he was a, a, a played varsity baseball, and he had a tournament. Now, he, you know, he was very careful with his language, and he was, you know, they knew he was a Christian, he was a homeschooler, and, and you know, it took a fair amount of grief for that. And so they had a game... And I went to the game, and it was in the middle of the day, and it was a special tournament, and there was hardly anybody there. I was, I was like the only one on the stands, which was very unfortunate this day. And there was a really bad call for Josh at first base. So it's my son. So I shout something out. Now, it was disrespectful, okay? It wasn't obscenity. It was disrespectful, certainly. But it was very loud, and I was the only person there. And Matter of fact, the coach on his way back from arguing the call had this big smirk on his face. He just was like, oh, my goodness. So they had an announcement, you know, please, people, under the stands. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, so he got back, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, and they gave, him, they gave him grief, you know. I was like, what's your father? You know, so anyways. So anyway, even, even for your children, saying you're sorry. Now i got to find my place. Um, if we want to teach our children how to respond when we were wronged by someone, seek their forgiveness promptly. If we want to teach our children to sing, get them music lessons. I got nothing for that. Okay. <laughs> but if we want to teach our children to lift their voice to God and praise, do so even if our voice isn't very good, although we need to have some grace to those around us that uh, have to listen to it. If we want to teach our children to share our faith, we need to be ready for, to make a defense. Right? So day in and day out, we need to do those little things. Right? And those things build up over time. Right? And they can't be quickly replaced by just a, a quick inch, you know, shot of time or shot of teaching or shot of whatever. I mean, it takes a long period of time. That's why the impact of fathers or lack of fathers is, so, is just it's a very big deal. I was reading a couple articles this week of a sports writer, a columnist, and a couple other people that, about their dads. And, you know, one of them, his dad was very remote and never really did anything to him. He gave one example where... He was trying to play catch with him in the field, and his father kind of threw it 
you know, he's playing a, like a ground ball, he threw it to his left, couldn't get to it, and he kind of made a comment to his dad, you know, could you throw it to me next time? His dad turned around, went in the house, and they never played catch again. <laughs> it's just, and they, just to get him out there was a difficulty. And one, one father was, um, you know, had problems with alcohol and abuse and all these things. And you could just see through these stories just the impact, right, the negative impact in that situation that their fathers had on them. Um, and, and the converse is equally true. We have a tremendous amount of impact, or can, on our children. And we have opportunities each day to really pour, pour into them and, and encourage them. Uh, so I just want to talk a little bit, kind of go off script here, and talk about fathers and our roles, uh, things that we do and don't do into our children's lives. Uh, just some things that I, I was kind of thinking about. Uh, certainly, I, you know, my mindset is this older, of older children, so if you have younger children, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put some things in there for you, but I, you know, my, that's kind of where my mindset's out, I, mindset is at. So I talked about reaching out to our children, you know, those, those that are outside the home and are away from the home, you know, at times, you know, reach out to them, that's very important. So if, you're, if you've got smaller children, spending time with them, as I just mentioned, you know, encouraging them, acknowledging them, right, listening to them. All right, this, no, I, knew this, I knew the next one was going to be hard. All right, so giving hard messages when we, don't, when we know it won't be received well. I think there's nothing more difficult as a, as a parent than to have to give your children difficult messages, right? Especially as they get older and they can voice their displeasure at that or they can go to their friends or they can go to somebody else's house or, you know, as they get older, they could even leave the home, right? So there's a lot of, lot of risk there as a parent. And I remember one time uh, one of my children said to me that he was much more comfortable with um, another set of parents, right? So, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a prick. I mean, it's like, am I, you know, just pricking my heart? It's, it's, you know, it's like, I'd rather be with those parents than with you. And I remember my response, which probably had a little bit of exasperation and probably more, um, you know, just more emotion than I wanted. But the idea was, of course, right, you're going to be more comfortable with somebody else's parents because they don't have the responsibility to do those hard things, to say those hard things. You're our child. Those things that we need to tell you are, some of those things are uniquely ours. And we have that responsibility. That's not their responsibility. Now, as we get older, we have, as our kids get older and they're, they're adults, um, and they're Christian especially, we have, we have not only their children, but we also have that Christian relationship where we can point each other's, you know, he, he hold each other accountable, right, as we can or we should as brothers and sisters in Christ. So there's a a unique relationship there, but those things are hard, right? Doing those hard things, but those things are, you know, what we're called to do as parents. They're very, very difficult. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you to go out and unload a bunch of hard messages on your kids, right? As all things, we have to be discerning. We have to look at how we craft the message, when we deliver it, and timing, and all those things are really, really difficult, especially if you're having, you know, tr you know difficulty with a relationship with your child, right? Those things are very, very hard, and um, it takes prayerful consideration, and, you know, working through uh, how you can communicate with your children, and it's very difficult. But, um, you know, as parents, we need to keep that fight, keep going, and keep working to uh, reach out to our, kid, our kids. And, you know, one of the things that I think can be tempting as parents is for us to say as our, our parents get older, as our parents get older, as our, as our kids get older, that, you know, we're no longer kind of you know, they're kind of on their own. They're adults. They're making their own decisions, which is true, right? But that doesn't mean that we can't pour in our, continue to pour into their lives, continue to encourage them, continue to try to influence them for in their walk with God, especially if they're, if they're saved, obviously. Um, because the world is. The world continues to try to influence them. Any, any worldly friends they have will try to do that. So our roles as father continues on 
you know, as long as we're on this earth. Uh, some of the things that we should omit as, as fathers is putting away anger and frustration. I think uh, one of my kids said something very wise recently. He said, it's hard to be angry when all you get is love in return. Yeah. Ah. Ah. It's amazing to see your kids get, kids get wise, right, in front of your eyes. But it's true. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, and this is true, again, this is not just for fathers. When we deal with people that are struggling and having difficulties, and, and that's coming out in this spewing out of anger and frustration, and, you know, and sometimes just swearing, and I mean, there's just, there's just going to be just all kinds of that stuff that comes out. <sighs> Reflecting God's lung back on them has a huge impact. That's known, that's noticed, right? When they see that we don't respond in anger, when they see that we don't react, that we, that we still love them, even though maybe they've said some you know, very mean things, right? That has an impact. It has an impact on our kids, it has an impact on others in our lives that we come across. Come across. And it's funny, I, I, have, I work from home a lot now. I no longer have that long commute. And so, I'm sure like most men and women and everybody that works, you have frustrations at work. <laughs> um, probably some of you are thinking those right now, right? Just spilling on them. But you get frustrated and, and you have those things going on at work. Well, the difference between my work environment and my family is about two inches of the cheapest door that could possibly <laughs> exist in mankind. It's just the it's cheapest door. Anyways, so I, I got to be very careful that, that I don't bring those frustrations and anger into my house, because it's, it's in my house, but I can't bring it beyond those walls. I have to do something about that. And I, that can be true of us men, right? We can get caught up in our, our jobs and, and the significance of that and all these other roles and get you know, angry and frustrated about that, and then we come into our family and we, and we, 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 spent, we vent that frustration. That's, that's something we need to avoid. Find other ways, other avenues to deal with frustration. Certainly, anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And so one of the things I want to say before I kind of go on to the next challenge here is that, you know, whether things are hard or easy, when God puts something on your heart, do it, right? And I'm terrible at this. I am terrible. Uh, I mean, I've got my task list, which helps me, but there's just so many times when there's a moment, there's a time to reach out and encourage someone, write a note, send a text, speak to them, go visit them. And just, for your, again, for your kids or for anybody, there's a, there's, God leaves those things in your heart. Don't push those aside, right? Latch onto those things and do it, even if you have to put aside other things that you wanted to do that you had planned for your day. Very, very important, I think, to, to seek God leading and then when he, when he leads us to follow and then be that, that example for our kids. All right, challenge number three here for dads. Carpe diem dads, teach even when our children don't appear to be listening, which is... Never mind. All right. So it's hard, right, uh, to, to not respond. I mean, to, uh, when our kids don't respond, and, uh, I'm sorry. It's hard, but, but don't respond to your kids' lack of positive response. Continue to pour into them. And I think it's significant that this passage says, do and then teach. Right? We talked about all those things you do, 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 and you, you have to teach as well. That's, we need to do those things, but then we still need to teach. Right? Our, our focus... Again, my focus tends to be on older kids, but 
Um, you know, we still have that opportunity to pour into them. We still have that opportunity to, to influence them, continue on that. Uh, and if you've got a, a relationship where that's severed, that you really don't have that contact, you know, continue to look for opportunities, continue to reach out, continue to just take any time you have, no matter how seemingly insignificant, to, to reach out to a, to a child if they're not, uh, you know, not, don't have a, a really good relationship with you right now. Um, you know, it's funny, I had a number of years ago, I, you know, it's funny, you get older, I, can't, I just can't keep track of time. I don't, it could have been two, it could have been five, it could have been seven. I don't know, it was a number, a number of years ago, and I was just going through a particularly rough, rough time, and my father uh, met me for lunch or dinner, for a meal. And I, I don't know if he knew I was struggling or what the deal was, but, you know, he started to bring up the topic of the struggle I was having. And I immediately, and of course, you know, obviously I'm uh, an adult, been out of the house for many, many years, and he brought up the struggle to me. And I immediately shut him down. I said, we are not going to have this discussion. And we didn't. We didn't talk about it for the rest of the time. We never talked about it. Never talked about it again. I don't think it's ever been spoken out loud since I just did just now. Um, but that was significant to me. The fact that even you know, at that age, and again, of course, now we're kind of you know, fellow travelers, but he's still my dad. And he stepped out and took that risk, whatever that happened to be. And, said he you know, cared for me, and that was important. And I thought about that, and, and it's, it caused me to reflect on where I was at. It did change my direction, even though we didn't have that conversation. So that's how powerful dads can be. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Teach through our love. All right, let's just go ahead and, and wrap up here. I have no idea what time it is, and that's okay. What time is it? Okay, okay, a little early. All right, so I, I'm gonna just so we talked talk about those three things: um, not rationalizing away God's instruction, uh, making sure that we are uh, doing things that God calls us to do, and teaching and pouring our lives into our children. Again, that, that applies to uh, fathers as well as as well as um, uh, as Christians in general. All of us, all those things, and not only to our children but also to those around us. So this last verse. Verse 20 uh, says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, I, you know, we, we've talked about doing and, and teaching and a lot of action, so I just want to make sure I don't, mis, you know, get misunderstood. Um, you know, we're saved by grace, as I mentioned. And when we look at the righteousness that we're called to, if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven, it's beyond the Pharisees and scribes, which was was impossibly high for that day. No one could have done that. And that was the point, right? We're, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees was self-righteousness. It wasn't the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is, is acquired through faith and trust in Christ. That's where that comes from. And it's not something we do on our, on our own power, but he does that through us and in us. All right, so I hope this message has been encouragement to you as fathers, and I hope that as we look at those, that last slide, if it's up there, for all of us, some of the conclusions about the Christian life, hold to God's standards, acknowledging his grace when we fail to meet it, do what's right, especially when it's hard, and be an example and teacher to others. Again, this applies not just with our children, not just as fathers and mothers, but all of us in our relationship with one another and with those we meet. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity we have to get together freely.